You are listening to Matter of Theology, a podcast production that deals with church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We stand firm on the sufficiency of Scripture, hitting every topic with an open Bible and the boldness to say things that others are afraid to. And now, here's the host of Matter of Theology, Chris Huff. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything is a matter of theology. My name is Chris. I am one of your hosts, and it is a pleasure to be back with you. Uh, Matter of Theology is a podcast production that seeks to apply biblical truth to all areas of life, whether that be cultural, social, or life inside the church. Um, and that pretty much covers all areas of life. Um, we are a part of the Bar Podcast Network. That is the Biblical and Reformed Podcast Network, headed up by our brother, the man, the myth, the legend, but he's not so much of a myth, but he is a legend, Dwayne Atkinson. Uh, we are excited to be a part of the Bar, and um, you need to go over there and check out uh, all of the podcasts that are on there on the Bar Network. Um, so a couple of things before we uh, get cranking here. Um as of the recording of this episode, uh, you can now uh, read and purchase your full copy of the Legacy Standard Bible, the LSB. I ordered um, mine can, today. I I saw that. I saw that, buddy. It's it's it's. I have my hardcover here. That's what I got. Um, I ordered the hardcover yeah. because I was like, I'm I'm yeah I'm I'm probably not gonna pay for the either the cowhide or the goat skin. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna use the hard cover, the hardback cover. So it's cheaper. I, I, your boy ain't is. rolling in dough. So <laughs> yeah, well, you're about to have a baby, so um, that 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 takes care of that. Uh, I did get the cowhide. It's coming, um, Lord willing, it'll be here uh, soon. And then um, once they do release an index goat skin, I may have to jump on that. So you know how I feel about the about the indexing and how easy it is to flip through mm -hmm. and find what you're looking for. So, um, but if you want to order a copy, head on over to 316publishing.com. I will put a, a link to that in the show notes. Uh, you can now head over to uh, read.lsbible.org, read.lsbible.org. You can now read the entire uh, Bible, Old Testament and New Testament for free. Um, and it is a very, very easy to use website and one that I typically use, uh, that we typically use when we're recording as well. Um, so head on over there, check it out. Uh, and you already heard his voice, but we're pleased to welcome back from the podcast, fresh after a pretty rough battle with COVID, yes. <laughs> Mr. Drew Vanita. How are you, yes. brother? Dude, uh, pretty good. Uh, I still still have a little lingering cough, um, yeah. which you, you may hear uh, this evening. But uh, uh, for all intents and purposes, I'm, I feel good. Um, I'm better. Everyone in our house is better. And yes. like everyone in the house got COVID. Everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone. Uh, now, Brandy got it, and you'd never know she even had it. So... That's I, don't, I don't know what's up with that, but Bro. everyone else who got it, we were, we were just down, down for the count. Yep. So I didn't talk to nobody. I was like, everyone just <laughs> leave me alone and let me die. And I look <laughs> for real, I was man. genuinely concerned for a couple of days. Like, like y'all don't understand Drew and I typically it's, it's every day or every other day. Right. Uh, at most that we're 
that we're, we're, we're chatting at some point throughout the day or all day. Um, and, and it was like a, like a three, when it got to day three, that's when I sent you that text. I was like, Hey man, mm-hmm. are you okay? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> please tell me you're okay. It was um, rough. Yeah, it was, man. I, I feel you. I feel you, man. I've, I've been there, done that. Got the t-shirt, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I yeah, I, I wasn't going to say something and get into something political, but we'll save that for next time. Uh, so, <laughs> the, the coronavirus was unleashed by the Democrats yeah. in order to control well, us. <laughs> Don't well, take the that. vaccine because it's the mark of the beast. <laughs> you understand? They've got microchips in it. They do have my, that's it. That's it. It is, it is the mark of the beast. You found revelation. Uh, So don't, don't take it. Don't take it. You'll be marked and uh, well, you can't repent. (laughs) Never, never, never. You guys couldn't see this, but Drew was pointing at the camera. (laughs) That's right. Like your shoulder turned. It was awesome. Um, So man, how, now how can I segue into getting into our topic after that? That's what's awesome. Uh, but what I was going to say, actually, the political statement was, I'm still, I'm, I'm still not pro-vax. So uh, as far yeah, as me neither, goes, me neither. No, um, as you hard know, as it was, absolutely. Yeah. Not. Here's the thing about about the vaccine is that uh, I would like to see the results of the proper three, five, and ten year studies. Every vaccine is supposed to go through that before it's mm-hmm. like, you know, administered FDA and, and FDA approved, which is another thing. Everyone's like, well, it's FDA approved now, so you should take it. And I'm like, yeah, so are all those GMOs that you reject to eat that uh-huh. are in the, in the supermarket. Those are all FDA approved too, but I don't see you, you know, making people eat those. I mean, personally, exactly. I, I fill my body with them, you know, but, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to do it with a vaccine that you know, was just rushed out. That's kind of yeah. dumb. I actually had some people ask me about that after I, after, after I got over COVID, they were like, so, Hey, are you, are you pro-vax now? Are you going to, are you going to get the vaccine? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> absolutely not. Like, I, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that, um, and, and I've had some, some trips that I've taken since having COVID and, mm-hmm. and there've been some questions about, man, are you sure that's a good idea for you to travel? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah. really technically I've, with the antibodies, I'm, I'm natural good. <laughs> antibodies, but now I say that, but let me also be, be kind because, Sure. Um, you know, there are people that you and I know who have had the vaccine. So, mm-hmm. uh, if, if, if it, you know, according to your conscience, if you can there resolve you within yourself to get the, mm-hmm. get the vaccine, that's on you, you know, not going to make fun, not going to make no, fun of you no, or no, anything, no. just that's not for myself, for my family, uh, mm-hmm. we're not taking it. And that's, <laughs> nope. you know, that's our choice. So. But if you if you've taken it, if you're out there and you're listening to us and you've taken it and and you've resolved to do that and you're you're good with that choice, hey, then we will support you in that. Go for it. You do oh, you no, do absolutely. you you do you boo boo and uh I, I will I will cheer you on with that. Yes. Yes. I love it. No, no, absolutely, man. I mean, if you, if, if you have to get it for work or you have to get it to, you know, um, or something like that, and, and, and that's your choice by all means, go for it. Um, if you, if you have resolved to, to, to do that in your conscience and you're fine with that, no, no, there's, there's no shade. There's no judgment, anything like that. My viewpoint on that is that, uh, scripture is clear for the believer that, that no one, especially the government has, has rights over your body. Right. 
uh, hello. Right. Um, right. You know, so so you you should do with your body as you see fit, according to the scriptures, and consult the scriptures. Be discerning and 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 have it be a matter of conscience. If you're right with the Lord, you're walking with the Lord, mm-hmm. you're seeking Him, you're spending time in your in the Word, and you're wanting to be led and regulated by the Word, and you choose to get it. Hey, go for it. That's not. Um, but but don't you know. <laughs> you're not going to, no one is going to look down on me or, or my family, uh, for not taking it just in the same way that I wouldn't look down on you for taking it. Um, that that's my whole thing is, is it shouldn't be a mandate or forced to do something. Right. Um, that's, that's the frustrating part. So yeah. You hear that dumb dog? Can you hear that? Uh, dog? I, I did. I did hear that very, very briefly. Yeah. It's, this is happening live, man. Yeah. I don't know what his issue is. So, uh, knows, anyway, man. speaking of repentance, yeah. what are speaking uh, of repentance? Now, here, here's yeah. the thing, man. Back in 2019, <laughs> back in 2019, Matter of Theology did a few episodes on the topic of the mortification of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew and I, and and I believe Josh was with us at the time, uh, yes. read through John Owen's magnificent work entitled "Just That: The Mortification of Sin." And recently, um, Drew and I have been talking a good bit about the state of the quote unquote visible church. Um, and and th- there is much to say uh, about the state that she's in and, 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 and through some prayer and seeking some counsel, Lord willing, this is something that we, we will be getting into in the coming months. Um, but, but today uh, we wanted to, to talk about something that every professing believer in the Lord Jesus Christ should, and I want to emphasize should be familiar with. And, and, and that is the doctrine of repentance. Mm-hmm. That is what it means to repent. What, what, what does that look like? Um, um, and, and every believer should be very familiar with this. Um, however, again, going back to what I said a second ago, when you look at the state of the visible church, um, on, on a couple of different fronts, to be honest, what you end up seeing is that there are many professing evangelical Christians who who aren't familiar with this in word or in practice. Right. And, and this shouldn't be the case. Um, so, so we're going to, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the doctrine of repentance. We're going to talk about a few, uh, a few different scenarios and, 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 and from a few different sides uh, of, of this doctrine that, that again, we should all be um, every day, every moment of every day, very familiar with what you got, buddy. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned John Owen's work, uh, the mortification yeah. of sin, yeah. Uh, for our listeners, that is a Puritan paperback you can you can go get. Uh, but in talking about repentance, you know, the doctrine of repentance, I would direct you to another Puritan paperback by Thomas Watson called The Doctrine of Repentance. So it is one that everyone must have and must read. And I think a lot of what we're going to be discussing tonight comes right out of that book. Uh, yeah. Because it's such a clear uh, exposition or expose on what repentance is, and most importantly, what repentance what is not, not yeah, as well. And I, and, I, and I think that's when, when we look at the church, a lot of people, they may have heard the word repentance, but their view of repentance is actually a, an unbiblical view of repentance. They think it mm. may be the idea of just saying sorry or feeling remorse for what they've done, but that's not it. That's not Mm-mm. what repentance is. Um, no. And you know, a, when was it? A couple of weeks ago, not this week, maybe last, maybe two weeks ago, uh, our friend uh, over at 
uh, Striving for Eternity, Apologetics Live, Andrew Rappaport played uh, a podcast that he was on where they were talking about part of, part of it was he was talking about repentance and hmm. the people that he that invited him on were actually trying to argue with him and say that repentance is not necessary and we're actually trying to find uh trying, well trying to challenge andrew and say you know well where do you see repentance is necessary in the bible like where, where do you see it's no all you need is faith you do need faith wow but you also need repentance repentance um is what actually uh, clears us before God. So, so uh, let, let's talk about kind of that dynamic real quick between repentance and faith. Well, first, Chris, what is repentance? Let's actually define repentance before we get into that. Yeah, I mean, so what I'm going to do in, in defining repentance, I'm going to uh, take my definition from uh, the, the the late great uh, Martin Lloyd Jones, Doctor Martin Lloyd Jones. Um, and in a sermon that he gave on out of out of Romans chapter two, here's how he quantified repentance. Here's how he defined repentance. It's number one, it's thinking again. It's stopping to think again, changing your mind about something, and then moving in the opposite direction of of where you were going. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so and then and then of course now the doctor, as if you've listened to the doctor, you know unpacks it a whole whole lot better than that. Um, But when you think about repentance, repentance is, um, it has to be something that is experienced um, during conversion. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something that that happens during, during conversion. And, um, and you see, you see repentance, repentance, by the way, is also not just a new Testament term. This is something that you see all throughout the old Testament. And, you know, for, for the person who was arguing, arguing with our brother, Andrew Rappaport, I would direct that person to Psalm seven twelve that says, if a man does not repent, he, that being the Lord Yahweh will sharpen his sword. He has bent his bow and prepared it. So, so re- repentance is absolutely necessary. So it's, it's, it's turning from, it's thinking, it's stopping, it's thinking again, it's changing one's mind about, and, and then changing the direction that you're going. Now there's more to that, that we're going to uncover mm-hmm. and get into. But if I were to say a simple, mm-hmm. quick definition of repentance, that that's what I would give you. Right. Yeah. And so, so now let me, let me read a quote from William Ames, and this is from uh, his work, The Marrow of Theology. And it's actually, uh, it's a systematic theology that actually, when it came out, a lot of the Puritans held to this work, uh, relied on this work. So William Ames says this of repentance, uh, and this is the distinction between repentance and faith. This is what Ames says. He says, repentance has the same cause, causes and principles as faith, for they are both gifts of God. They are also begotten at the same time. So, you know, we're talking, you you mentioned conversion. These are things that happen at conversion. Right. Um, right. So, so they are begotten at the same time. But first, they have diverse objects, for faith is properly directed to Christ and through Christ to God. But repentance is directed to God himself, who has been offended by sin. So in our faith, we are, we are looking to Christ, and, to, and through Christ, we, uh, uh, it, it then ascends to God. But repentance, like you talked about, is turning 
from sin, the changing of the That's mind, right. and turning That's right. from sin, but then turning towards the object of God. So that's what, right. so, so that's why, that's why Ames says the objects are different. Right. Now check out, check out what, um, what uh, the, 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 the great theologian Louis Burkhoff said in his systematic theology concerning repentance. He says this, and talking about the word metanoia in the New Testament, okay, that's the Greek word for repentance and the verbal form is metanoio, okay? He says this, he says, quote, this is the most common word for conversion in the New Testament and is also the most fundamental of the terms employed. All right. Now he, he says this quote in the English Bible, the word is translated repentance, but this rendering hardly does justice to the original since it gives an gives undue prominence to the emotional element. Okay, so and then he goes on to point out that there, 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 there has to be that the meaning is different. So he says this in the New Testament, however, its meaning is deepened and it denotes a primary change of mind, taking a wiser view of the past, including including regret for the ill done and leading to a change of life for the better. Okay. And then uh, one more quote from Burkhoff, and then I'll turn it back over to you for a sec. But he said, quote, while maintaining that the word denotes a primary change of mind, we should not lose sight of the fact that its meaning is not limited to the intellectual theoretical consciousness, but also includes the moral consciousness, the conscience, both the mind, excuse me, both the mind and the conscience are defiled. We find that in Titus 1.15. And when, when a person when a person's nose is changed, he not only receives new knowledge, but the direction of his conscience life, its moral quality is also changed, period, close quote. So, so repentance that happens during conversion, and, and, and I'm, I'm really going to hammer this home when I talk about one of Whitfield's sermons here in just a little bit, but it's, it's, there's an emotional element. It is different from faith. But it, it's a complete change of thought. And then that thought, that change in thought results in a complete change of direction. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me throw out another William Ames quote here. Because um, what you said just reminded me of it. <clears throat> he says, with this faith, and this is now this what he's talking about. He's talking about repentance that comes by way of faith. With this faith in which the will is turned to possessing the true good, there is always joined repentance in which the same will is turned to doing the true good and comes to turn away from and hate the contrary evil or sin. Bro, bro. So that. Okay. Okay. I see your aims and I raise you a burk off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not that that's a competition, but this goes right along with what you were saying. Mm -hmm. To the converted, or to be converted, Burkhoff says, is not merely to pass from one conscious direction uh, to another, but to do it with a clearly perceived aversion to the former direction. Mm -hmm. In other words, metanoia has not only a positive, but also a negative side. It looks backward as well as mm -hmm. forward. Right. The converted person becomes conscious of his ignorance and error, his willfulness and folly. His conversion includes both faith and repentance. Period. That's, right. That's right. That's right. They're joined. Um, right. They're joined in that way. And, and you know, the thing in talking about there that there is a 
there is a negative aspect in the sense of looking back. Right. So we're looking back at who we were, the yeah. sin we have committed, uh, right. the the evil that we once loved, be, because that's what we have turned away from in order to turn mm-hmm. to Christ, in order to live out holiness. Right, right, right. That And, and, and that becomes our desire, both emotionally right. and intellectually. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so when we look back on that, so, so, so in other words, true conversion contains this a heavy element of godly sorrow, not worldly remorse. I know we're going to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it contains this element of godly sorrow where we look back and we at, at compared to the holiness of God, compared to the majesty, the grandeur, the wonder, the beauty of who God is and the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf, it, it, it produces in us a, a, a lament, um, right. a, a godly lament and, and a godly anguish over where we were. And then that in turn becomes one of the fuels um, that we have in us as we seek to love the Lord our God with all of our soul, mind, and strength as to live holy lives, as to live that mm-hmm. godly life that you were just talking about. Right, right, yeah. So now <clears throat> the when, when we look at the gospel and we look at what Christ has done on our behalf, that does bring with it an it, uh, an emotional change, not just not just a remorse, but in a, but a, a deep emotional conviction, to where now we turn to Christ, we turn from evil, and we turn to Christ. But this actual turning turning away is actually a grace from God. Yeah. So because yeah. we because we cannot turn on our own. It, I mean. It has to be granted to us. Repentance yes. has, yep. is something that has to be granted to us that yes. we can't conjure up in and of ourselves. Correct. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We we have we have no ability. Um, we have no ability at all. And of course, you see that you see that in in passages of scripture that we're all familiar with. And, and I'm thinking immediately of Ephesians chapter one, and Ephesians one, or excuse me, Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians two and verse one. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. We had no ability whatsoever to repent and turn from our sin. All we wanted was our sin. All we right. wanted, we love our sin. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's that's it. Um, so, so we're not going to turn uh, without an intervention of God. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and, and so what, what happens, what happens there? So, um, I'm, my mind is, is drawn to, uh, is drawn to Ezekiel chapter 11. And, and this, uh, Ezekiel 11, uh, verses four, starting in verse 14. Well, actually, let me, let me start a little bit later. Uh, so, so yeah, um, so in verse 18, so we'll say, uh, uh, Ezekiel eleven eighteen. 18, uh, when they come there, they will remove all detestable things, um, and all its abominations from it. And this is, this is the Lord speaking, and I will give them one heart and, and give within them a new spirit. And I will take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Why? Verse 20, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. Then they will be my people and I shall be their God. Mm-hmm. We, we have a heart of stone before mm-hmm. God himself through the finished work of Jesus Christ grants us faith, repentance, true conversion happens. Go back and listen to the, our, our episode on the order of Salutis. Um, before that happens, we have no ability 
to stop and think again, to, to change our mind and then to turn away yeah. from the, 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 the muck and the mire and the sin that we were caught up in because that's what we desired mm-hmm. and turn towards God. We had no ability to do that apart from his gracious intervention. That's right. Yeah. But, re- but now let's, let, let's look at repent. How does repentance come one? Yes. We, we, we've talked about it being a grace from God, but it's something that is required under the gospel. So you cannot repent unless there is actually gospel proclamation, right? Um, right. And, and I'm speaking more specifically of not of the already converted, but to the uh, one who has yet to be converted, right? Uh, there has to be the gospel proclamation in order for repentance to take place. So uh, what what's what just hit me in my head, and what I didn't put this in my notes or anything, but compare and contrast, or, or in my mind, I'm comparing and contrasting gospel preaching churches with some other churches in my area that don't preach the gospel, but actually hmm. they preach uh, what we would say kind of moralism, uh, moralism, de- decisionistic type living. To where the gospel's not preached, but it's just do the right thing. Well, as long as some, how do you define what the right thing is if you're not preaching scripture, if you're not preaching the gospel? How do you define that? Because then each person in their own selves can resolve what they think the right thing is to do. Whereas under the gospel, the gospel says, no, Christ. Therefore, you change mm. and conform yourself to Christ and conform to Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, right. Right. And that's, and brother, that, that's, you know, uh, <sighs> that's something we see a lot of in, mm-hmm. in our country, at least. We, we see right. a lot of, especially in the Southeast where we are, is we see a lot of quote unquote churches um, where it, I mean, if, if I'm being honest, scripture would, would def, not define these organizations as churches and would not define the men leading them as pastors. Um, right. But unfortunately, th- there, there are too many almost Christians out there. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, I'll get into this more in a little bit, but th- there are way too many almost Christians out there. And, and, and if you're not, if you're not going to proclaim the whole gospel, if you're not going to, going to, if you don't understand the whole gospel yourself, and, and, and it just seems like there are a lot of these pastors out there that don't, you're dangerous. Right. You're absolutely dangerous. Right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into yeah. this a little bit later, but let me just go yeah. ahead and drop this quote right now. Let me just stop right here and drop this here. George Whitfield in his sermon entitled The Almost Christian. Um, and I, what I'll do is I'll see if I can find a free version uh, of this and I'll, I'll post the link in the show notes. But um this sermon was first published in 1738, and um, it, it, uh, here, here's, what, here's what Whitfield said towards the end of this sermon. He said this, quote, an almost Christian is one of the most hurtful creatures in the world. He is a wolf in sheep's clothing. He is one of those false prophets our Lord bids us beware of in his Sermon on the Mount, who would persuade men that the way to heaven is, is wider than it actually is, mm. period, close quote. And unfortunately, that's what you see. You don't see in, in the majority of today's professing evangelical churches out of these quote unquote pastors, you don't see them preaching the whole gospel. You don't see them, you don't see them preaching the need of repentance. And, and, and instead, what they're doing is they're preaching more of a, you know, being a, a, a humanist or a moralist, 
Right. Religion without the gospel is nothing more than moralism. Right. And moralism damns just as much as any other sin out there. That's right. And and in my opinion, the judgment on these people will be far worse because they're giving people false hope. Right. Instead of preaching the need for repentance. That's what Christ did. Right. When you look at the, what he preached, he preached repent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John the Baptist, yeah. well, Christ, that was the, the apostles, the disciples. Go ahead. Well, uh, I was just going to say that after after Christ is baptized, he, he goes to, to the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days. He comes back, right. and the first thing that he says Luke. is repent. That's yep. the very first thing that he says. Yep. And so any... And you mentioned John the Baptist as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, John the Baptist was telling people to repent, looking forward to the Messiah. Um, yep. And then Christ was telling people to repent um, for he himself was actually drawing people, telling people to look to him as as uh, as the Christ and Messiah. Uh, right. But any any pastor that doesn't preach the gospel, you're actually partnering with Satan. In your church, your father. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're, you're partnering that's absolutely with him right. because if you're not giving the gospel and then calling people to repentance, you're desiring for people to stay in their sin and go to hell. That's what you're doing. Yeah. 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 And, and the judgment on you will be far greater. Mm-hmm. It will. It, it's, right. it's p- please, please understand that. And that's, one of the reasons that you and I wanted to talk about this is because unfortunately it's, it's, it's sad. It's heartbreaking. How many professing evangelical Christians, if, if you go to them and say, explain to me the doctrine of repentance, mm-hmm. how, they, they can't even on the, on the basic, well, I don't need to do that. I, I've been forgiven right. by Jesus. Right. Well, what does that right. mean? Forgiven of what? Forgiven yeah. from what? <laughs> I'm, I'm covered by the blood. All I need is the blood of Jesus. What, what does that mean? Oh, what does that mean? What's that mean? <laughs> so. t- 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 tell me what that means. What, what, what does it mean to repent? T- tell me about the last sin you repented of. Mm-hmm. Th- th- there's a question to ask Ask your, your, your brothers and sisters in Christ often, especially those within your, your close circle of influence. Tell me what was the last thing you repented of? That's what right. was the last sin the Lord really convicted you of? And how did you repent of that? How is mm-hmm. that going? Yeah. 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 That's right. Um, you cannot so, have, you, you cannot have true conversion without repentance. You can't. That's, that's right. That's right. You, you can't. Well, it's, well, it's, it, it's because you ahead. have no, you, without repentance, you actually have no reason to, to, to turn to Christ. Why, why are you even turning to Christ? If, if you don't understand repentance, right. I mean, maybe, right. maybe, maybe the idea is, you know, especially here in the South, you know, people, people look more, look forward more to heaven because of, you know, walking on gold streets and getting their crowns and living in their mansions rather than, rather than actually wanting to dwell with Christ, you know, maybe, maybe that's their idea. And they think if they make a public profession and they, and they mouth the words, but they don't actually repent of their sin, they think they'll get to heaven, but that's not it. Repentance, the desire for repentance comes from, as you, you said earlier, a changed heart, changed yeah. affections that are now, mm-hmm. that are now focused on Christ and our, and our hatred towards sin that offends Christ. It, oh. there, you know, if I can live without repentance, then, then I'm unsaved. 
because there's no yeah. way there's no way that I can say I love Christ but also continue to live and justify sin that sent him to the cross. At that moment, mm. I, I, I'm saying I love him while simultaneously spitting in his face. Yeah, bro, bro, and and how many? I mean, how how many how many how many times? Okay, let's let, let's ask this in the right way, right? Because we know that the scriptures are first a mirror and then a window. Mm-hmm. So so let's 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 approach it in that way. I mean, how many times? And again, we're we're saying all this. Yes, we, we, we're fired up about it because souls are at stake. Our soul, our right. souls are at stake. Right. Believe me, when you're hearing what we're saying through these microphones right now, these are questions that Drew and I have asked of ourselves and each other. Mm-hmm. Please understand that. But you, you, can't, you can't say you're a Christian and not have repentance of sin. You right. can't. Because ultimately, if, if you're trying to say that, you aren't almost Christian. You're not an altogether Christian. Right, right. That's, yeah, that, let me... that, that's who you are. You're going through, you're going through the motions. So yeah. here's what you're doing. Here's what you're doing. You are, as, 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 um, uh, as, as Whitfield said in this sermon, he said this. He said, um, uh, he said, but chiefly he, the almost Christian, is the one that depends much on outward ordinances mm-hmm. and on that account looks upon himself as righteous and despises others, though at the same time, he is a he is as great a stranger to the divine life as any other person whatsoever. In short, mm-hmm. he is fond of the form, but never experiences the power of godliness in the heart. He goes on year after year, attending on the means of grace, but then like Pharaoh's lean cows, listen to this, he is never the better, but rather the worse for them. Mm. Period. Close quote. If 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 you're going around and 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 propping yourself up as a Christian using the name of Christ, yet there's no repentance. There's no stopping, thinking again, hating the sin of the past, hate hating your sin, mortifying your sin, going to war and battle and over and godly sorrow over your sin then I, gr- I i grieve for your heart and you need to do a heart check you cannot you cannot say you have faith in christ and not have repentance you cannot say that you believe in the word of god and live live by the word of god and not have repentance you cannot say you will walk the streets of golden heaven and not be living a repentant life on this earth mm-hmm. that's right that's right. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, is repentance is not a one and done. It's something that no. we continually, continually do. So Paul Washer, uh, he says the mark of a true Christian is not that you have repented, but that you continue to repent. Mm. Now, this is what Thomas Watson says. He says, in Adam, we all suffered shipwreck and repentance is the only plane left us after shipwreck to swim to heaven, meaning that it's it, it's it's not something we get rid of. It's something we latch on to in our mm-hmm. journey towards heaven that keeps us afloat. It keeps us looking towards Christ, right? So that so that we don't sink farther away. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. I mean, j- re- repentance is a is is a part of sanctification. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. we repent initially. If true conversion's taken place, we repent initially. 
of that, like as Burkhoff said, the positive and the negative, where we look back at at the sins committed, look back at, at, at the fact that we are we did not die in our sin. We're grateful for what the Lord has done. He has saved us. He is our Lord, not just our Savior, but our Lord. We desire to do what He says because we love Him. And true conversion is taking place. So you have positional sanctification. I would also venture to say you have positional repentance. But then just like you have progressive sanctification, you have progressive repentance. Here's another good question to ask you, brothers and sisters in Christ. When was the last time you openly, out loud, confessed your sin to God? Mm-hmm. Privately. Mm-hmm. And then in turn, shared that with a brother or sister to keep you accountable with that, as, as James says, that we are con- to confess our sin to one another. When was the last time you did that? That's a yeah. fruit of the root of repentance in and through your life. Now, again, don't do it for show. It's not godly sorrow, but, or, or, or excuse me, it's not worldly uh, remorse, but godly sorrow that leads to that. That's right. That's right. So now let's, let's look at, uh, let me, let me see my notes here. Um, why repent? Why repent? And so with that, I want to turn to Acts chapter 17. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts 17, and we're going to be looking at verse 30. Let's see. I probably, you know, I need to get better at having this already marked out beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I didn't have it here. So now this this is a sermon of Paul on Mars Hill. But in verse 30, he says, therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. Mm. So now we can, we can take this verse and we can break this down and we can, we can ask why repent? Well, first, because God commands it. That's right. In here, he said, God is now declaring and in the LSB, it says commanding. Okay, yeah, commanding to two men that all people everywhere should repent. So, so the first reason as to why we repent is because it's commanded. And we can look throughout Scripture, and we can find this command, right? We already talked about Christ's command when he came, the first words of his ministry, repent and believe, right? That's not a suggestion. He wasn't saying, you know, I hope that you guys repent. No, he's demanding. He's saying repent and believe. If we go to uh, Acts, if we go to Acts um, chapter 2, Peter's sermon, what do they say? They say, what shall we do then to be saved? Peter says, Mm -hmm. repent. Mm -hmm. Then you can go to, you can go to Acts 3, just one chapter over. Therefore, repent and And return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So why do we repent? The first reason is because it is commanded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, keep going in Acts, Acts 8.22, therefore repent of this wickedness of yours and pray earnestly to the Lord that if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I love that acts three nineteen. therefore repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that the times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord. Um, absolutely. Now, were you going to keep going in Acts 17? Um, well, I'm going to break down this, uh, uh, this, this verse, cause I've got two more points under this verse. Um, okay, go for it. 
but uh but also but i wanted to throw out uh matthew uh three uh verse eight as well where which says therefore bear fruit in keeping with repentance so there's fruit that comes from repentance. So this tells you about the necessity of repentance. So to those mm-hmm. guys that were trying to argue with our brother, Andrew, about you don't need repentance or can you justify where in Scripture repentance is, there's fruit that comes right. from repentance. And, and this yeah. is what John the Baptist is saying. Bear fruit yeah. in, in, in keeping with repentance. And who's he talking to? He's talking to the brood of vipers, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's saying, no, 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 no. Who told you to flee from the wrath that is to come? You need you need to repent and you need to bear mm-hmm. fruit that in keeping that is keeping with repentance. You need to change your thinking. You need to head into another direction. You need to look upon the Messiah, the one whose sandals, uh, by the way, I'm not worthy to tie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, and and uh, golly, you look you look at Revelation. Um, Revelation is full of commands to the, the commands to repent. I mean, Revelation two alone, uh, you know, Revelation two five. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent. Uh, Revelation two sixteen. Therefore, repent. But if not, I'm coming to you quickly and will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. Revelation two twenty one. And I gave and I gave her time to repent, and she does not wish to repent. Um, Revelation two twenty two. Uh, and uh, uh, behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her into the great tribulation into great tribulation unless they repent. I mean, you could keep going and going and going and going. And again, I mentioned this earlier, but this is one of the, one of the, look, this is, this is one of the things. And and by the way, I know I mentioned the LSB a lot. They do not sponsor us. Um, I just love how pure of a translation this is. One of the, one of the things I love about this is the translators have gone in and connected and, and tried, tried to make things connect where they should with the Hebrew and the Greek, you see this command and this warning in the Old Testament as well. Yes, yes. You know, I mean, I Job, mean, go to Jonah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Like Job forty-two, Psalm seven, uh, twelve. I read that earlier. Uh, Jeremiah five, Jeremiah fifteen, Jeremiah thirty-one, and, and I could again, I could keep going right. with this God commanding mm-hmm. to repent. Sorry, brother, didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to point well, that out. Yeah. No, I was just, uh, you know, what stands out in my mind um, is in the Old Testament is Jonah. Because what's the purpose of Jonah? Jonah was, he was called by God to go to Nineveh for the sole purpose of telling them to repent and turn to the Lord, lest Nineveh be destroyed. And mm. so he went reluctantly. Uh, he was made mm. to go. Um, right. We don't have time right. to walk through all that, but uh, but he gets there, and what does he do? He preaches, repent, so the Lord doesn't destroy your town. And what happens? The whole town repents all the way up to the king. Um, so so there, you know, a lot of just, just what you were talking about in, in Revelation, repent so the Lord doesn't wage war against you. Mm-hmm. Um, you so you don't want that. Yeah, you don't want you, that. You, you 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 don't want that. And, and brother, and that, that's one of the things that floors me. Um, and and I don't want a rabbit trail here. I, I don't. I, I just I just want to put this out there and then and then just let it land and see where we'll see where it lands. That's one of the things that floors me about the way so many professing evangelical pastors approach worship. 
right. in the church. Mm-hmm. Do you not understand that by blaspheming his name, that by, by abusing the Holy Spirit, that by, by let, 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 me, let me be clear with this. You cannot, you, you, and, and I'm going to make a very bold statement here. And I'm, I'm glad I can see you because I want to see the look on you because this is something I've been chewing on for, for a few days now. In my opinion, you cannot continue in, in true progressive sanctification and hold to a normative view of worship. You cannot. That's right. You can't. <laughs> you cannot. You cannot continue. If you listen to me, listen to me very clearly. And, 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 I'm, and I'm saying this as an admonition and a warning. You cannot grow in progressive sanctification if you believe you can approach the Lord's worship on the Lord's day in the Lord's house based upon a normative, mm-hmm. your preference view. Right. You can't. You have stalled. You have plateaued. You have become lukewarm. Mm-hmm. You have become, as Whitfield warns in the almost Christian, listen to this. Listen to what he says, okay, because, because th- this is key. You've become, this is what's happened to you. Quote, as to settling his principles as well as practice, he is guided more by the world than by the word of God. You cannot serve two masters. If you hold to a normative view of how you worship the Lord, you have stalled in your progressive sanctification and progressive repentance because you have elevated your preferences above God's word. Yep, yep. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. You are now making yourself more holy to you and not to God. So that's what you're doing when you do that. That'll preach. <laughs> so, so, so the first reason as to why we repent is God commands it. Second Amen. reason, se- second reason, if we look back at our verse, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. Second reason why we repent, it is for all men everywhere. And that's important, especially in the age, in the age of critical race theory and social justice, because in repentance, there is no age restriction. Okay, there is no uh, ethnic boundary in repentance. Okay, there is no gender requirement in repentance. All men everywhere are commanded to repent. Mm hmm. Bro, are you <laughs> you cracking I'm, open a can, brother? I'm sitting down. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's so much we could we could say about that. That there, you will you cannot satiate the woke. You know, you you cannot right. uh, you you can't. Unfortunately, there are professing evangelical Christians today, and when I say professing, I mean they don't. I don't believe they possess it, and I'm referring to people like Lecrae, Jamar Tisby, Eric Mason, any elder of any local church here locally that would hold to any view of CRT that's still on staff and still allowed to preach on Sunday morning. Anyway, I, I have some serious questions or concerns. The scriptures are clear. the The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Uh, the, the scriptures are clear that you cannot and should not and have no need to, uh, Ezekiel 18, 20, uh, clearly lays that out to, to repent of others sins in the past. Um, you know, absolutely not. You're, you're responsible for your own sin. Uh, not, not the sins you, you're not, you're not responsible to repent of any sin by proxy. It right. doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Right. I'll stop there. 
<laughs> and especially to someone who has not uh, experienced that sin against them. So Correct. that's a, that's Correct. another side of that argument as well. Uh, but uh, we repent or repentance is necessary because all men are called to repent. Mm-hmm. Third reason, we must do it now. When, when Paul's preaching this, when, when he gets there, God is now declaring to men mm. that all people everywhere That's should good. repent. There is an urgency in your repentance. And, and let me tell you why. There's an urgency because you are not promised tomorrow. Verse 31. That's right. That's right. Because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having uh, furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead, talking to talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You are not promised tomorrow. Yeah. Therefore, repent yep. now. There's an urgency. And, th- and again, I go back to, to what I said earlier. Any pastor that is not preaching the gospel is siding with Satan and yeah. and and now let, let let me expand that out. If you're also not calling people to repent of their sin, you're driving them closer to Satan. Say that again. If you are not calling people to repent, you are driving people closer to Satan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, because ultimately what, what you're doing is you're you are, whether you realize it or not, preaching a workspace salvation. Mm-hmm. That's right. What you're doing is you are, you are leading people to believe that through their own civility, as Thomas Watson would say, through their own merit, through their own outward works, that, that they're covered in the blood of Jesus, like you said earlier. And, and, and that's, that is not, that is not it at all. Um, and, 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 and here's, this is why I read that Whitfield quote earlier about the almost Christian being, being the worst of all creatures, because um, it leads people to believe that by their civility, they're saved. L- listen, mm-hmm. listen to what, listen to what Watson says about this. And this is also what, what, what Paul was referring to when he wrote Romans two, by the way, um, those thinking that because they don't commit those gross sins that they're good. Right. Um, but, but listen, listen to what Watson, Watson says. He says this quote, repentance is necessary for civil persons. These have no visible spots on them. They are free from gross sin. And what would th- one would think they had nothing to do with the business of repentance. They are so good that they scorn the, a psalm of mercy. Indeed, these are often the, in, in the worst condition. These are they who, who need no repentance. Their civility undoes them. Listen to this. Listen to this. They make a Christ of it. And so on this shelf, they suffer shipwreck. Morality shoots short of heaven. It is only nature refined. A moral man is but old Adam dressed in fine clothes. Ooh. Period. Close quote. Man. If, with these, if, if pastors are not preaching repentance, and then let me, let, let me take this a step further. If they are not preaching repentance, and then pastors are not ensuring the fruit of professed repentance. That's right. Then they are, 
they are not fulfilling their duty as a shepherd. I say this all the time. It would do everyone good to read the Great Awakening, the actual Great Awakening. The second Great Awakening was not a Great Awakening. Go read the Great Awakening, Joseph Tracy. You see the men and the pastors as 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 these giants. Gilbert Tennant, jo- uh, Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield preaching sermons like this. Mm-hmm. People are bewailing their sin. What you're 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 seeing people profess repentance, but but it's it's really clearly laid out in there. The pastors would do the work to ensure that they saw fruit from the profess root. And so, and if there wasn't, they wouldn't allow, not only would they not allow these men or these, these, these people to take the sacraments and, and, and stuff like that, they wouldn't allow them to come to the church. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. They would protect right. the purity of the church by ensuring true fruit of repentance. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you touched on pastors needing to actually ensure that true fruit and true repentance is taking place. Uh, because say, say there's a situation, someone comes under, under, let's say church discipline or something. Um, and they say they've repented. Mm -hmm. If you're an elder in the church, your job then is to bring them in and actually make sure that repentance has taken place. Right. Mm. There's, we can call it, we can call it a testing. We can call it a measuring. Uh, we mm-hmm. can call it discipleship uh, mm-hmm. because discipleship should be taking place. Mm-hmm. But, but all these things are to ensure that true repentance has actually taken hold. What you don't yeah. do, what you do not do is you do not, if someone comes to you and says, you know, I am repentant, you do not reject their repentance. That's not Come for on, you man. to do in that, Come on, in, in that Come moment. On, Your job is to bring them in and measure whether true repentance has taken place. You cannot, you cannot tell whether or not true repentance has taken place in a moment. You have to actually nope. measure it. You have to see nope. the transformed heart over Come time. On, bro. Because here's what happens when you, when someone comes, comes to a, a pastor, elder, and they say, I have repented, and then their repentance is immediately rejected mm-hmm. by, mm-hmm. by the pastor, elder, leadership. What's happening is you are actually denying that person's salvation and the Christ who saves and in rejecting the Holy Spirit who works in the life of a believer. You're saying, no, that has not taken place. Well, you don't know because you have not, have not tested them. You have not measured them. Right. You need to walk right. with them in right. order to see whether or not that has taken place. Right, right. And, and, and what, what's the result of that taking place, Right. What's the result of of that kind of um, armchair, quick snap, uh, you know, quarterback approach of going, going, no, no, you haven't in in a yeah. moment without a moment. saying, saying, okay, well, I, I, you know, stopping and saying, okay, I, I hear you, and I, I, I'm, I'm grateful that you have expressed that verbally. Right. So, so here's what we're gonna do, Galatians six, right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to come, I'm going to come, I want to come up underneath you and I want to walk with you and I want to make sure 
that this has actually happened. I want I want to care for and shepherd your soul. And and I reference Galatians six. Let me read this. Bear one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. Okay, brothers, if anyone, even if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each of you looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted, bear one another's burdens as to fulfill the law of Christ. <laughs> For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work. We're going to get into that here in a minute. Uh, and then he will have reason for boasting in regarding to himself alone and not in regard to another. Um, it, 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 it's very, very important to do that. And by the way, this is the same passage of scripture where Paul warns the, the Galatians, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Mm-hmm. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Mm-hmm. Um, so pastors, you can't, you know, when <laughs> you can't just look at, in a situation, in a situation like that, you can't just look at them in the moment right there immediately and go, nope, I don't believe you. You haven't repented. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what you have done there? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Okay. So, 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 so let's, let's, let's look at that right from the positive and the negative side. Mm-hmm. From the positive side, if that person there's not much positive. We'll put it that way, because if <laughs> right. if that person hasn't truly re- or has not truly repented, by you just going, nope, you haven't repented. You're not welcome here. Whoa, you're not even giving them an opportunity to. Right. You you in that moment you have said, I'm the Holy Spirit. Right. This is this is my church that I've built. I've taken ten years to build this place. That's what you've done. Mm -hmm. And so you've completely shut the door. So you're not shepherding. You're not shepherding in that moment. Okay. Now, like I said, there's not much positive. If they haven't repented, the only positive there is you've uncovered maybe that they haven't repented. Mm -hmm. But what have you done to encourage them and admonish them to? Nothing. Nothing. Now, on the way negative. Yeah, you've sent them away. And then what? Then what? Mm -hmm. You... The, what 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 happened what happens next mm-hmm. you just go about your merry way and you're concerned about what you're doing that's mm-hmm. you're called to be a slave to all yep how dare you mm-hmm. now on the negative side the way negative side because that's already negative enough but on the negative side let's say that person did truly repent there is godly sorrow mm-hmm. there is a, a a moment of this person stopping thinking again changing their mind, hating what they've done, desiring to mortify the sin in their, in their flesh. They've turned from that, and now they're moving in a direction towards God, to using the word. You in that moment, sir, you have then in that moment crushed their spirit, and you have turned your back on one of the sheep, one of God's adopted children that he's given you to shepherd. You've turned your back on them and said, I don't believe that God has done this in you. I know better than God. Right. There's so much wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> well, I was, well, 
you know, I, after that, I was going to say, well, let's, you know, move on to, to some other things you had probably if you had some other things from Whitfield that you wanted to bring up and discuss or, or other points in, in talking about uh, the doctrine of repentance. Oh, you were going to do that or you are doing that? No, I was, I, I, I was going to do that after we hit that kind okay. of little, little point right there. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, mm, there's more I could say about that, but this, look, the, the, this conversation, this, this episode isn't, isn't about that um, necessarily. We'll, we'll, you know, I think we'll probably tackle that soon. Um, yeah, I, I would say, I mean, kind of one of the, one of the things that I wanted to hit next and was false repentance. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what is, you know, mm-hmm. that's just you, yeah, just that, to, I was hoping you were going to go, go there <laughs> just because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we've talked about what repentance is, you know, why mm-hmm. we repent, but also there is a counterfeit repentance. Uh, Augustine, yeah. you know, he says repentance actually damns many. And it was uh, Samuel Davies. You know, you referenced the Great Awakening. Samuel David, mm-hmm. Davies was referred by many as the greatest preacher to come out uh, in the Great Awakening. Uh, mm-hmm. But Samuel Davies, he says, more souls are destroyed by their repentance than by their sins. So there is actually a repentance that must be repented of, and that is a mm-hmm. counterfeit repentance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um you know, false repentance is, uh, is, is very, very dangerous. And that, um, uh, that's a little bit about what Whitfield got into, um, you know, and, uh, Thomas Watson, um, Thomas Watson, he, he, he has a chapter in his book, uh, the doctrine of repentance that deals with counterfeit repentance. And, um, and, and you, you've already, you've already hit on some of that, but we have, you know, we, we have, you know, um, counterfeit repentance in the way of, um, you know, you're afraid of, you say you're repentant or you you think you're repentant even. And that that's even the scarier thing because you're, 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 you have a servile fear of man. We'll put it that way. Right. Yeah. Thomas Watson says, uh, uh, the first deceit of repentance is a legal terror. So right. that's what, there's right. there's this servile fear of man. What you're talking mm-hmm. about, yeah, yeah. And 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 it isn't just that you're. It isn't just, when you repent of something. It isn't just you're you're uh, responding to the the pain, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the you know from 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 what you've done and what you've experienced. Um, and 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 Watson kind of unpacks and he says this quote: "If pain and trouble." were sufficient to repentance, then the damned in hell should be the most penitent for they are the most in anguish. Repentance depends on upon a change of heart. There may be terror yet with no change of heart. I was reading it as you were saying. Um, Watson goes on. That was awesome, man. That was funny. I was like, is he whispering that I looked up? But I was like, oh yeah, he's reading. Um, Watson also said that, um, another deceit about repentance quote, the second thing, another deceit about repentance is resolution against sin. And he said this quote, a person may, uh, excuse me, quote, a person may purpose and make vows yet be no penitent. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was reading it again. The, well, you're saying things that I've that that I have uh, marked down. You have written down. Oh, yeah, okay. I've got I've got them already already written down. But I yeah, think and, and th- that that is Go one ahead. that is huge, right? We've made a resolution mm. against Bro. sin. We've just we've really just said in, in our old selves, well, I'm just not going to do that one, right? Or, or even Ooh. worse, or even Ooh. worse, let's go to, to to the mortification of sin, where John Owen, where he where he says, uh, we've already resolved in our hearts to do it. So, so even though we don't act it out, we've resolved it in our hearts, and it's just as bad as if we've acted it out. Christ said that. That's right. You know, it, it isn't that you, 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 you've committed adultery in your heart. If you've lusted after someone, if you hate someone in your heart, it's the same as committing murder. Right. Um, you, you, it's, it's no, that doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way at all. And, and this is, let me, let me try to find it. There was, um, there was something that Whitfield said along those lines. Um, and I, I can't, I can't, I can't find it now. We'll keep talking and I'll keep looking for it. But, well, yeah, um, yeah. but I mean, what, so what, what, I think about, okay, okay, here, here, here's, I didn't find it, but, but here's, let me, let me, let me see if I can piece it together just from memory. <sighs> to, to say, to, to say, okay, I've committed this sin mm-hmm. and, and, and it's like a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. I've committed this sin. And I'm sorry that I committed this sin and I'm not going to commit this sin anymore, but this sin over here, don't touch that. I'm good. Right. 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 Then you're not repentant at all. Right. At all. Yeah. That's what, that's what Watson goes into in his, in his third deceit about repentance is is the leaving of many sinful ways. But he talks about, he says, Mm -hmm. he says, uh, so dear is sin to a man that he will rather part with a child than with lust. But he, but, but, but in it, he talks about, he says, he says, sin may be parted with yet repentance, but you leave one sin just to go to another. Yeah. Yeah. It, look, if you have those stubborn sins in your life that you are not putting to death because you like them too much, you're choosing that over Christ. Right. Repent. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. l- 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 let's be real. And I mean, it, and this also that this also brings to mind what the scriptures say concerning vows and concerning promises. Mm-hmm. The scriptures are very, very clear that we are not to stand and make a vow before the Lord that we have no intention of keeping. Mm-hmm. So if we That's say, right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this again. Well, if you are not doing, if you are not lopping off your arm, plucking out your eye, as Christ said, if you are not, as we've talked about before, if you are not constantly angry, be angry and do not sin, mm-hmm. right? We, we talked about that uh, from, from um, uh, that passage of scripture. It, look, th- th- then you're not repentant. Mm-hmm. True repentance has not, that, that is counterfeit repentance. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. And, and if you if you have that in your life, then you are in danger of being that 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 almost Christian that Whitfield talks about. Um, you 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 cannot do that. There needs to be that inward experience of godliness, that 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 in that inward experience of godliness that that results in an outward expression of holiness. 
Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Here, uh, he, he, here's what, what Watson says. He says, <clears throat> an old sin may be left in order to entertain a new one. Putting off an old servant only to take up another. Exchanging mm-hmm. sin for sin. Sin may be exchanged, but the heart unchanged. You are still a slave, yet your master is new. So you haven't really, you, you haven't done anything. You haven't, you haven't actually put it off. You haven't mortified it. You haven't lopped its head off. You've just exchanged one master for another master. And, and neither all, master is Christ. And neither master is Christ. But <laughs> in false repentance, you think you have repented. You think because you've left one that you're good, but you've only, but now you're only entertaining a new master and serving a new master. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. L- l- listen, listen to Thomas Watson, speaking of Watson, um, talking about sanctification. He, he says this, um, he's talking about uh, when we have, you know, when, when we, when we don't have sanctification, listen to this. So this is what we're talking about. If we don't have sanctification, if we don't have progressive sanctification, progressive repentance, listen to what he says, quote, without sanctification, all our holy things are defiled. A foul stomach turns the best food into ill humors. So an unsanctified heart pollutes prayers, alms, sacraments. A holy heart is the altar which sanctifies the offering. If not to if not to satisfaction, to exception. Mm-hmm. Without sanctification, we can show no sign of our election. Election is the cause of our salvation. Sanctification is our evidence. Sanctification is the earmark of Christ's elect sheep. Mm. Bro. Yep. Yeah. He ha- he has a book. I I I just got it. Um, it's not here yet. I ordered it. It's uh, on the way but the duty of self-denial hmm. um, where he specifically talks about that. I mean, there, 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 there should be no pet sins, right. In, in our lives, there should be no, there, there shouldn't be sins. You know, I'm, I'm exchanging this sin for that sin. It should be our desire is to put to death all sin. Hmm. And that, that, that change comes from the inside out, taking every captive, taking every thought captive to the glory of God. Hmm. That's right. Now let let's let, let's continue on. So so we've addressed uh, Watson's you know kind of three points of deceitful repentance, but let's let's kind of look at another area um, in what false repentance is and what people today think repentance is, and that is just the idea of remorse, having remorse. Like we've touched on it earlier, but mm-hmm. having remorse is not the same thing as having repentance. Now, there should be remorse in your repentance mm-hmm. because of the one whom you have sinned against, but simply having remorse is not right. the same as having repentance. So now if you think about <clears throat> think about Judas, the one who betrayed Christ, he betrayed Christ, he was paid his wage for, for betraying Christ, but yep. then what did he do? He he felt bad because he knew Christ was innocent. He knew he spoke lies and that they were going to speak lies about Christ. So what did he do? He then took the money and he returned it. He threw it at their feet, the, the, the pieces of silver. 
But what Judas experienced was not repentance. Mm. He did not experience the change of heart. He just experienced the broken heart for what he had done. And he's, it, 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 but, but it wasn't actually changed and moved towards Christ. Right, right. I mean, you, you, feel, you feel bad for what you did. I, I feel bad that I did this. And that's where it stops. It stops with you. Mm-hmm. Instead of, I'm, 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 I'm crushed to the core of my being because I've grieved a holy God. Mm-hmm. I have in this, this my sin, my, 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 James says, J- James, James gives us a, a great map as far as where sin begins. A lot of people like to say, well, Satan tempted me and I sinned. It's like, nope, you sin because you're a sinner. You sin because you you're sin a because that's, that's what, right. Yeah. You sin because you're a sinner. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm reading through Genesis right now with Noah. And uh, we, we talked about good angels and, and demons and bad angels. And, and then he, he came to me the other day. He was not being good. And he came to me and he said, <laughs> and I said, buddy, what's one of the things that God wants us to do? He wants us to what? And he's like, yeah, God wants us to be good. Daddy, I think the bad angels made me be bad. <laughs> and I said, buddy, nope, that's not the way that works. You were bad because you wanted to be bad. Mm-hmm. You were, you sinned because you're a sinner. And, and, but, but, but ultimately it comes down to this. If we, we notice in, in Acts two, we've been talking about Acts two, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so after after Peter gets done preaching, we see this in verse thirty seven. And now, when they heard this, the scriptures say they were pierced to the heart. Yep. And then they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, "Men, brothers, what should we do?" Mm-hmm. Okay. So so the the first thing that we experience, yes, we experience remorse and Watson talks about this, but mm-hmm. but 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 there should be a sorrow in 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 the depth and the core of who you are that you have grieved a holy God. And if you've sinned against someone else that you know, here on earth that I've grieved a holy God that that my my the my sin right now is what Christ absorbed the wrath for my sin on my behalf. That should grieve you. It shouldn't just be that you got caught. Oh, I got caught. I feel bad. No, right. it's I'm pierced to the, to, to the heart. And I, and I, and I don't know this for sure, but while we're talking, I'm going to look it up real quick, but I would love to know. Um, let me get there real quick. So Acts, Acts two thirty seven. I, I think I know what it is in the Greek, but I just want to make sure they were pierced to the heart. Right. So heart here, heart, and, and I've talked about this before. I talked about it on the last, last episode where we, where we did the uh, where to turn in troubling times, but the heart here is cardia. Okay. That is this, that this is how that's defined in the Greek, the seat of a man's collective energies. So this is the, the spiritual seat of, of the, the seat of spiritual life. They were pierced to their soul because of their sin. That's different than feeling bad that you got caught. Right, right. So here's what... completely different. Go ahead. Yeah, here's what uh, Dr. Joel Beakey says in his Systematic Theology, A Puritan Theology. Great book. He says, says, repentance is more than remorse. While true repentance may start there, remorse alone will not change a life. Repentance is essentially a changed life. True repentance is more than being sorry. It is turning away from sin to righteousness. We turn from death to life. 
in and through Christ, we turn from evil deeds to righteous ones. Now, also taking what you just said. So take that and then moving into what you just said about how we should be pierced. He, in another section, he talks about it, uh, quoting Stephen Charnock, talking about how the knowledge of Christ enlivens our repentance. Now, here's Charnock, mm. quote, should we not bleed as often as we seriously thought of Christ bleeding for us? It is a look upon Christ pierced that pierceth the soul. Mm-hmm. Close quote. Charnock, man. Charnock, in, in preparation for this episode, I really wanted to read through his chapter on self-examination, and I did not get to his mm-hmm. discourse on that, on self-examination. I have a feeling there's a lot more of that, mm-hmm. um, a, a, lot, a lot more of that in there. Uh, that, 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 that's good, brother. That, that, that is so good. Um, yeah, man, I, I, Thomas Watson in, in The Doctrine of Repentance said this, quote, godly sorrow, however, is chiefly for the trespass against God, so that even if there were no conscience to smite, no devil to accuse, no hell to punish, yet the soul would still be grieved because of the prejudice done to God. Yeah. Period. Close you quote. know, that's, I, I wrote this down um, a while ago when we first started, uh, when we first started talking about doing this episode, this is what I wrote. <clears throat> I said, our greatest enemy is not Satan. It is sin within us. That's it, man. Should tomorrow we find Satan destroyed forever, we would still have our indwelling sin to battle. And that goes along with what you just said, because of that sin that comes against God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, well, and that, that, that also speaks to uh, the... the fact that when we who profess to know the truth, uh, we who, who profess to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, when we willfully, uh, knowingly sin and don't repent of that, especially, it, 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 it's like we're saying that the blood of Christ wasn't enough. Uh, I, what was it that Josh said that one time that left us both speechless when he said that? Uh, yeah, he said about about sinning at the foot of the cross. Yeah, he he said something to the effect of uh, I wrote it down in another section of notes, but I can't find those notes. Um, but he said, take your favorite sin mm. and now imagine performing it at the bleeding feet of Jesus. Oh gosh. You know, and that's essentially that's that's what we do when we when we reject what God has said about repentance and we and we go on seeking to live in our sin. Yeah. Watson in the doctrine of repentance says this. He said, quote, the sin committed by a Christian is worse than the same sin committed by an Indian because the Christian sins against clearer conviction, Mm -hmm. which is like the dye to the wool or the weight put to the scale that makes the weight makes it way heavier. Mm-hmm. Our sins are worse than the sins of the devils. The lapsed angels never sinned against Christ's blood. Christ died not for them. Hang on one second. Christ died not for them. 
uh, the medicine of his merit was never intended to heal them, but we have affronted and disparaged his blood by unbelief, period. Close quote. So... With that, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, we, we could we could keep going and and talk about. I mean, this is obviously something that we're not going to exhaust mm-hmm. uh, in this episode. It's just it's just not. Um, so, um, you know, I will I will leave just kind of my uh, my final thoughts, and it's a a quote from Thomas Brooks, who says, "Repentance is a mighty work, a difficult mm-hmm. work." a work that is above our power. Repentance is a flower that grows not in nature's garden, right? Because it it grows only in the garden of grace. Mm -hmm. Repentance, he continues on and says, repentance is a great grace from God. We must cherish it and develop it, not take it for granted. Amen. Amen. Uh. I want I want to wrap up uh, just with, um, with 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 this from uh, from from George Whitfield in his sermon, the Almost Christian. He says this: "Oh, let us scorn all base and treacherous treatment of our King and Savior, of our God and Creator. Let us not take some pains all our lives to go to heaven, and yet plunge ourselves into hell as last." Let us give to God our whole hearts and no longer halt between two opinions. Alas, why? Why should we stand out any longer? Why should we be so in love with slavery as not wholly to renounce the world, the flesh, and the devil like so many spiritual chains, bind down our souls and hinder them from flying up to God? period, close quote. So, I mean, there's a lot more we could say on this topic and and we will never look just as much as we need to repent every single day. We will never be able to exhaust the topic of the doctrine of repentance, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try because the more we know about it by the power of the Holy spirit through the word, we should experience it and through our lives. So that's right. And here, here's what the, the power of that conviction of repentance does. Okay. If you know the story of Martin Luther, you know that he was, he was a monk. He was an Augustinian monk, but when he, um, when he committed himself to the ministry every single day, he was in confession and he had he was he was meeting before his father confessor Stolpitz. And it was almost as though every single thing, every single thought that Luther had, he would take in repentance because he took the scripture seriously. He said, I need to take every thought captive. I have this bad thought. I need to repent of it. I I did this, I did that, I need to repent of it. Until finally Stolpitz, he said, he said, Look, go kill your father and then come back when you have something truly to repent of. <laughs> Right, because he was just so sick and tired of Luther being in the in the uh, being in confession every minute of every day, right? Right. But that, but that's how does your does your conviction and does your view of Christ actually move you to to mm. have that in awareness of sin where you go, I need to confess and repent of this sin, not 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 tomorrow, not next week, but now and often. Mm. 
I mean, now and often. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, it, it's, it's, here's how you do that. The scriptures. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. Psalm, Psalm 19 talks about what the word of God is, uh, is, is good for towards the end of that. We've talked about Psalm 19 a good bit. And, uh, and the psalmist says this in verse 11, moreover by them, your slave is warned and keeping them. There's great reward who can discern his errors. Equip me of hidden faults. Also keep back your slave from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me that I will be blameless and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Yahweh, my rock and my redeemer. Mm-hmm. So you want to, you want to cultivate an attitude of repentance seek the word, dive into the word, live the word, breathe the word, obey God's word. So, um, that's, that's, that's a good word, bro. That's a good word. Word. All right. Until next time, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening to matter of theology. We will catch you on the next one.